this week's very special episode, we visit the East London Liquor Company and talk to their founder, Alex Walpert. And we thought it's only fair to review one of their bottlings in our scoring league. So we'll be trying their London Wheat Whiskey. And why not head over to our social media accounts at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And please give us a rating or a review. We love all that as well. It's great for our egos and, you know. Yeah. Give some dopamine. They need massaging. They definitely need, need massaging. I need please. dopamine. Do I just it. need more go. dopamine. Dopamine. Go. Go. Dopamine. Dopamine. Go. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to episode 110. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. What a special show we have today. Oh, mate, I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about this one. So, a little bit of background. A few weeks ago, we went to visit the East London Liquor Company over near Bethnal Green. And their founder, Alex Wolpert, was kind enough to give us a little tour and a sit down and have a chat with us. Yeah, it was awesome. It's good, wasn't it, mate? It's good. It's awesome. It's like a it's like a bike shop in there, but uh... <laughs> well, that's because they all they all uh, cycle in, as he said, yeah. which was uh... yeah. We'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah. You, you walk in and it's, it's just full of bikes. Bikes. <laughs> yeah, it's a great complex. It's like they've got a restaurant and then uh, a bar, and then the distillery is behind the bar. You can see through to it. Yeah. It's just tiny little, tiny little distillery where they're doing all kinds of stuff and uh, yeah. very open about what they're doing as well, which is pretty yeah. cool. They've got some column stills behind the bar. They've got some pot stills, some uh, com- you know, some combi combine stuff. Anyway, something you need to know before you listen to the interview. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Sonoma Cherrywood, which we picked up at the distillery. And in this interview, we talk about the East London Liquor Company collaboration with them. And Alex mentions a guy called Adam. And he's referring to Adam Spiegel, the founder of Sonoma. Yeah. In the same section, Alex also mentioned a guy called John Glazer, who is the founder of Compass Box, who you might have heard of, uh, a popular independent bottler who specialises in great blended whiskey. We had some at the whiskey show. Loved them. Uh, hoping to have a little bit more in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a great time. We were there about an hour, which actually isn't very long, but we had a great time. This is a great interview. I've absolutely loved spending time with Alex. Uh, and I'm... I'm definitely going to go back to this place. So anyway, here's our interview with Alex Walpert. Hello, Alex. Thanks for having us. Here we are at the East London Distilling Company. Have I got the name right? I mean, that would be a good start, wouldn't it? It would be, and you got it wrong. Oh, there you go. East London Liquor Company. There it is. There we go. There it is. And we're in their tasting room, and we're joined by Alex. How are you today? Good. Yeah, good to have you both. Thank you for letting us in. Yes. <laughs> just letting us in. Yeah. You're giving us a lovely whiskey, which we're, we're, we're talking about. We'll talk about it in a bit. Yeah. So, Alex, let's go to the start. Teach me about this place. When did it start? What's the history of it? Of course, yeah. So, um, I mean, it feels like decades, but it's only coming on to eight years, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I set the business up, uh, yeah, 2014. We got the keys, January 2014. Um, six months later, we were distilling. Um so it was a speedy old turnaround. Um, and probably about six months after that, we started selling whiskey. So we started with our gin um, development. And then six months later, we started with our whiskey. And we've been going ever since. Wow. Um, was all, was whiskey always the, the the aim or was it to be a general spirit distiller? Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. We get asked that a lot. I think there's a lot of whiskey distilleries that, that use gin as a, as a kind of commercial tool. Um, and... 
yeah, there's a lot of gin distilleries that use a little bit of whiskey for a bit of intrigue. And I think we kind of don't sit in either camp. We really want to <laughs> hold both the tension of both the kind of the, the, the day-to-day element that gin has and the kind of the kind of emotional element that whiskey has that really, you know, when you ask someone to tell me about whiskey there, it, it invariably is when a family member, quite often an uncle or a dad or, or an auntie or someone says, you know, did, did this, this is the first time you got, you got to try whiskey. So that emotional element of whiskey feels really, really important to what we do. And it's, and it's, um, it's hard to hold the balance of doing whiskey and gin because people either label you as a gin distillery or a whiskey distillery. And because we've been laying whiskey down for seven and a half years um, and not selling a lot of it, what the public see most of is gin. Right. Um, and so just working very slowly, consistently to, to build the story of our whiskey through actually having more product to sell um, becomes a lot more exciting when you've, when, you know, as we were just chatting, you know, we finally got a lot more whiskey to release um, because we scaled our production up in 2018. So from this month, from April, um, our, our rye, our London rye and single malt releases will be much more constant in much higher volumes um, to be a kind of permanent two skews in our portfolio rather than having these releases. And then it, it comes and it goes sort of three weeks later because right. everyone buys their allocation and then it goes. So um, that's a really exciting thing for us to be having those permanent skews as part of our part of our portfolio and we've still got lots of fun single cask stuff in the pipeline lots of collaborations with breweries um there's a lot of fun stuff that's happening anyway yeah um but yet we're we're finally in a position where we can we we can be you know viewed equally as a whiskey and gin distillery and to come back to your question my background was was really working the entree as a bartender to start with and ended up running bars and pubs and it felt very appropriate given where we are and given how the business was sort of formed that the on trade was where we built the brand and therefore that whiskey and gin have equal importance. Right. Absolutely. So we really want to maintain that tension and it's, you know, that's, it's a, lots of dynamic discussions every week internally about how we do that, but it is really important that we met that it's both. And yeah. gin is not there to cash flow whiskey. Gin has a really important part of part in the on trade in a bartender's toolkit of what they use. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we developed our gin recipes with drinks in mind. You know, we, we developed three gins off the bat, uh, a gin that was sort of gin tonic focused, gin for forward, a gin that was dodging tea, pink grapefruit, Chinese cinnamon dry, perfect for martini, which a consumer might not appreciate, but bartender immediately is like, yeah, I get yes. that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a really oily savory gin, which is Negroni focused. You've got sage, thyme, bay leaf, lavender. So again, you know, everything we approach, be it gin or whiskey, we're thinking about what's its final moment before it gets drunk is it a bartender serving it is it a consumer pouring it and what are they looking for and how can we help that process absolutely um, to, i've never heard that before thinking of it in that in way sense, almost yeah. reverse engineering it aren't you really From yeah and I, you know, thinking about what you would need as, yeah. a, as a barman rather than Not just the, the customer yeah the customer, yeah whoever it is whoever yeah. the end end user if you like it is yeah sounds a bit corporate but if you're selling a rye what, what do people know about rye what do people expect and then how do you deliver more if you can than what they expect? And how does that support what they're doing? If, are they making a Manhattan? Are they making a, a Boulevardier? Whatever they're making, be it with gin or whiskey, whatever cocktail it is, or is it actually um, a customer who thinks, has tried maybe an American rye and is wanting to see a development or a change or a, a kind of, you know. Um, and I think the fun bit is where rye tends to be um, associated with America. Um, yeah. A lot of American distilleries are distilling on the grain. Uh, we're not. Um, and so we've really got this opportunity to find our own little niche with what we think makes our rye whiskey special. Um, 
And we've really been experimenting with, with yeast strains, with fermentation time, um, and how do we extract the characteristic of what it means to be a rye whiskey without necessarily thinking we have to be 51% rye. We have, over time, ended up being 51% over rye. We did a lot of development where we weren't. Uh, we were just under, just over. And it was really about, you know, the remit to the production team was do what tastes best. Let nice. taste drive it. We have no heritage of distilling here. My yeah, dad yeah. and my granddad were not distillers. Yeah. Uh, this business is a contemporary business. We look forward. We're not looking back. Yes, there was a whiskey distillery in Lee Valley that was founded, that closed, you know, in the early 1900s. We don't talk about that really because, you know, journalists come and say, oh, what about the, you know, you paying homage to that? We're like, no, this is a forward-looking business. And what does it mean to make whiskey in 2022 in London today? And how do we make liquid that a bartender or a consumer will go, I understand this liquid. I get it. I might not like it, but I understand how it's made and why it's made. For sure. Which actually leads me on. It's interesting you mentioned the Lee Valley Distillery. I wasn't going to bring that up because I didn't know about it. But I've got family roots in East London and I was wondering if you're trying to do anything, particularly East London, or was East London, obviously it's in the name of the brand, but why here? And is there anything that you're trying to do, particularly East London-y, within your spirits at all? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, yeah. I think the answer is everything we do is... Um, is kind of imbued, if you like, with this sense of how can we be as transparent, as accessible, as open as we can be, and as um, driven by a message which is all about, you know, decent booze at decent prices for decent people. That's the tagline, and we really believe it. You know, we, we went through a bit of a rebrand two and a half years ago during COVID of all times. Um, <laughs> how to lose even more hair. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, and, and like the overwhelming feedback was a positive one because people acknowledged that the business was the same, the liquid was the same, and the message was just a bit more articulate. And that articulate message, that finessing of our message involved repacking what we were doing because we looked craft and whatever craft means, people assumed we were more expensive. It was too dense. It was difficult to unpack. And we don't want to be craft. We don't want to, we've never referred to ourselves as craft. I don't really know what it means. And actually <laughs> I think the craft pool is a small one. And we want to step over that as an independent distillery and step out of that small craft thing and actually just make great booze for everyone. And that feels very East London. That feels a creative, fresh, young approach to booze in general, be it whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, doesn't matter. Um, so when you say, is this something particularly East London, I'd argue everything we do has a forward-looking, fresh, transparent approach to it. You know, there's nothing that's not for grabs in terms of information. Um, you know, I always tell the story in the first few months when I was running the tours and um, uh, someone noticed that one of the distillers had left their moleskin open and there was the, the botanical bill of our gin. And uh, she said, oh shit, you know, can I, what, that's your, that's your secret recipe. I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, what if I take a picture? I was like, take a picture. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, take a picture. She's like, what if I make the same gin? I was like, that's a really good compliment. You think it's worth investing hundreds of thousands of pounds in distillery to copy the gin? That's great. She said, oh. I was like, obviously, if you call it Eastland Gin, I'll sue you. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah. happy days. And I think, you know, people, people don't really, uh, people are so unused to this completely open door policy. Everything we make comes from that room that we've just walked in. Yeah. Everything. And, you know, when we were brewing a, a, a local brewery in the first 18 months of our, of our life, we told everyone, we're, our team are going to Crate, we're brewing there, um, they're taking our mash bill, they're working on it and we're driving it back. It makes no commercial sense. We're going to grow out of this, but to start with, that's what we did. And I think people were very surprised at how open we are. There is nothing that you can't ask me. I might not know the answer, but there's nothing I'll say that's 
that's you know not not for your ears you know yeah um and i think in the in the booze world in general that's 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 different um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the visual. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure there is. Talk about being open. One thing we spotted on our research, the fact you're doing a collab with another distillery, the, the Sonoma. Yep. How did that come about? And you're going to do more of that with other people? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, so we used to, we still do actually, we import um, Adam's um, California whiskies, his bourbons, his rice, and we have done for the last five years. Um, it's excellent liquid. It's really, really um it sort of stands head and shoulders above a lot of other American whiskies, I think. Um, and so we love, we love importing that anyway. Um, but we were talking about what it would, what do we, what does Adam bring to the whiskey market that we don't and vice versa from a flavor point of view. Uh, and we decided to play around and see if we could, you know, work on a blend and, you know, um, I had the pleasure of talking to John Glazer about blends, um, it must have been a couple of years ago now. And, you know, he's a real champion of, of, of the blended whiskey. And, you know, he's, he's the first person to get up and say, you know, when people say they don't drink blends because they're cheap and nasty, they don't know jack shit about whiskey because mm. unless it's a single cask, <laughs> yeah. it's a blend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so that, that real kind of, we thought, well, let's, let's be a bit provocative about this and let's do a blend because what's, who, you know, what's better than doing a transatlantic blend where we actually get to say, you know, we're using a, a high rye, um, bourbon and a high wheated bourbon to blend with our rye you've got three very different grain characteristics that are atypical in what in their in their current environment how do you blend that to create something that the three the two of us could never do by ourselves and so that was really interesting and you know yes unfortunately blend is still a bit of a dirty word in the booze world and it, we're working very hard to to um to sort of change that but i mean the, these these fun little projects like the, the sonoma blend we did two of them actually um they make up a tiny fraction of our of our whiskey output they're there mm for our production team to flex their muscles and play and experiment. Um, we did a wheat whiskey, um, which actually Adam was here when we did, so he distilled it with us and gave us, nice. some, gave us some counsel because he's a wheat whiskey expert. He makes amazing wheat whiskey in, in California. Um, so we made a wheat whiskey with him and that was really lovely because we used like 35% unmalted wheat, 30% malted wheat, 35% malted barley and then 5% corn. So there's a real little something else in there ah, just to lift it a out a little bit. Maybe. So a tiny, tiny fraction of sweetness and yeah. it's beautiful. It's one of my favourite things we've done over the last few years. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the experimentation can never stop. You know, we've got lots of experimentations with um, breweries where we've taken their casks, we've taken their wash, and then we've put the distilled whiskey back in the same cask. Yeah. Ah. Um, be it like stout porter barrels or um, other casks. So with 40 foot with Sam Brooks. Um, uh, oof, yeah, God, there's there's a couple of others as well. So yeah, that's, that's definitely part of the fun. Do you think that collab experiments like this are really useful in terms of stopping the word blend being a dirty word because if people see the name of two distilleries on there that they know they'll have more confidence in the product rather than just seeing the word blend which could come from anywhere i think that's i think sometimes what what people think when they see blend well it could be anything from anywhere whereas actually when you're up front and open and say well you actually got this amazing distillery and this amazing distillery pulling their whiskey together to try something it's a blend but actually, you can trust this. Yeah. And do you think that's actually worth exploring with other series as a result to try and get rid of this dirtiness of the word? And I am guilty of it in the past, by the way. You know, we've been <laughs> very open really. about that. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think, the, the, I guess the part of the problem is that we're all in an echo chamber of people who love whiskey. Yeah. So if they see East London and Sonoma, hopefully they either think, oh, I love their whiskeys or I don't. And then they're either going to buy the bottle or they're not based on their opinion or their taste of liquid. Um, but the general public 
it's going to take a lot longer, a lot more than just a tiny little distillery like us yeah, yeah. Doing, a doing, few, doing a few experimental blends to, to move the tide. I think it's also really incumbent on the big whiskey brands to educate the consumer more because they're blending. And, and actually, arguably, blending is just as skillful, if not, dare I say more, am I going to get in trouble for this? Um, it's just as skillful as the selling process. Um, but I save, save myself a whole load of grief. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, just as it's just as just as magical a thing to be to be to be playing with and, and working on, um, and be consistent with as well. I think that's yeah. so, that's something that's always blown my mind. Is you know, you're, you're not using the same liquid every time, but you've got to create something that tastes the same as it did ten yeah, years ago. Exactly. I and mean, I, that's such a difficult task. It's 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 amazing, and you know the. Our, the kind of joy of where we're at is we're such a young whiskey brand that we that we don't feel um, sort of um, pressured to release the same liquid every yeah, year. Nice. We know that we're going to release a London Rye and a single malt every year. And we know that there's going to be a through line of flavour that's going to be consistent, but it's going to get better. Why? Because we're young, a young team and we're constantly evolving and working on stuff. So it'd be insane of me to say, uh, we've nailed it. We're just going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. That'd be insane because uh, we haven't and the liquid is incredible, but it, there's constant room for development, improvement and finessing and changing. And um, so that's, that's, that's really ongoing. And I think given, you know, even with our, from our point of view, huge increase in output from this year onwards, we're still a drop in the ocean compared to the big boys. So, you know, for sure. Whiskey. So, I mean, I've had a little smell of the single malt that, that you've, uh, you've given us a little sample of. Well, I've been sipping it all the way around. Have you been yeah. sipping it as well? What do you think? Mm, mm. It's very nice. I mean, I, I think it smells like an English whiskey. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean by that? It's got that fruitiness to it. The orchard fruit. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is a longer fermentation? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so absolutely. So we work, I mean, so this is a, th- this is a thing, you know, when, when we talk about what we do and the amount of care and detail in terms of the yeast strains and the fermentation time, much longer fermentation time, the saison yeast here as well as the Silla's yeast. Um, but then the barrel program, again, is also really, really important. You know, you've got regenerated French oak, um, ex-bourbon, ex-rye and red wine casks, um, which really give that, that that kind of orchard note comes, I think, and I may be wrong, but comes from a mixture of that spicy stewed fruit note that comes from the rye with the kind of soft vanilla notes from the bourbon and you get that lovely kind of top note, fruity note that comes from the red wine right at the finish. Um, and that, that means that there are a couple of things. One, on the nose, on the palate, you get that chocolatey, cakey, Single, this is definitely a single malt. No one ever in a blind tasting disputes that that's a single malt. Yeah. But it's the added, the added fun of the flavour that, that, that the added components, if you like, that make this really delicious. This is the first whiskey that we um, did the first um, distillation run in our big pot still, our 2000 litre pot still. Um, and the um, angle of the um, swan neck is quite, um, quite low. So what that means is that you get all the heavier volatile um, volatiles coming through rather than falling back down. So that kind right. of almost that jalapeno spice note on the finish yes. is what is what you're getting because of the angle of the swan neck. Less reflux. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that to me is kind of incredible because you're going through this this kind of flavour journey without sounding really pretentious, but you're going through this this perception of flavour which starts off with chocolatey and cakey notes and then <laughs> develops into stewed fruit and spice and then finishes with a... <laughs> a jalapeno a bit, It's almost like a habanero <laughs> little kick yeah. at the end. And that's that to me is... That's that's unique and that's delicious and it's Moorish as a result. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I had one sip when yeah. I want another one of these. <laughs> so it's the this is the single malt we're tasting now. So that's your core range. That's your core bottling. Is that it's it's one of our two core skews, yeah. if you like. Yeah. So is yeah. that 
is the flavour still developing on that though? Would it change over time? I think it the- will. You know, we've got another single we're releasing in a couple of months, and I think that will. You know, we've we've been tasting that for the last few weeks, and that's it's delicious. But it it will change and mm-hmm. it will evolve. Um, I think the the single malt um, barrel program is very similar as we evolve it. Um, but yeah, I think it's all about, it's all about knowing what works and what doesn't and only tweaking what doesn't work. And so, you know, ABV is a really important thing. We spend a lot of time just about to finessing about like, you know, every, you know, we sit down and do lots of different tasting sessions of what, what is, what do we want people to perceive as the flavor, the prominent flavors. And therefore we, the ABV is a tool to accentuate flavor. That's how mm. we see it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what, you know, it's the same as with our gins, you know, none of our gins are at the same ABV because the, the, AB, the alcohol content is really there to, to, to amplify certain things. Uh, and certain flavours get amplified at different ABVs, as you know. So whether it's white or a dark spirit, mm. it's a very easy um, lever to pull. Yeah. Um, but obviously with whiskey, when you're blending something that's still undergoing change in a barrel, it's obviously much harder. With gin, you just, it's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> so what ABV is this? 48. 48. Mm. It doesn't taste like it's 48 to me. There's, there's no heat for me at all. And actually what you, what it finishes with that kind of, for me, that kind of habanero spicy. I was say that the heat is coming from the spiciness rather exactly. than the... Not from booze. It's ethanol. not boozy. You can't, there's no, there's no new make um, uh, tone at all in that at any no. point. And I guess, you know, the criticism I've seen from um, whiskey journalists in the past of other new whiskey distilleries is that, that that the liquid doesn't escape the new make flavour even after three or four years. Mm. Um, but there is that tone there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really proud of that liquid. That's, that's yeah, it's, it's, smash- really it's good. dangerously smashable. You can quietly sip through a lot <laughs> yes, of that. Yes, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine that being... Dangerously smashable. Is that, being on, the, the is that on the label? It should yeah, be. It should, it should be. be. <laughs> it should be, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, was, I was looking at the bottles earlier as well, and they are stunning. Um uh, and you then mentioned before we came on air that they're going to change. So do you want to do you want to talk through your process? Number one, how did you come up with the original design and what are we changing to? On the 25th, we launch our new pack and our new rye for this year, our 22 rye. Over the last, you know, three, four years, probably, we've started to scrutinise in much more detail our supply chain. Um, this bottle was picked when we were doing tiny, tiny releases. It's a bespoke bottle. Um, it's beautiful. We wanted it dark because we wanted the li- colour of the liquid to be a surprise and nice. not a determining factor of the purchase. Um, and we wanted to kind of lean into the um, heritage of the building, uh, of the place with the cap. Um, and it was, it, it's, it's a beautiful bottle. There's wow. no doubt. Have you, um, I've screwed know. that top, mate. But have you seen what's on the top? Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's like the beginning of EastEnders. Yeah, or the but, end. Oh, yeah, or the end. <laughs> I've watched it for years. No, I haven't either. Hey, um, seriously, so, you're going to love this. This is this is going to blow your mind. It's like a yes, like keeping a F1 wheel on there. It's a hubcap. I knew you'd like that. I do like that. I like that a lot. That's a Good proper Lord. opening, isn't it? That is a proper opening. Please tell me you're keeping something similar to that on the new bottle. We're not because ah. I, I, if, if if you interrogate what is a environmentally conscious way of sourcing material and using. Um, and then shipping this back out to both domestic and export markets, um, making everything as light as possible is right. the least we can do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I, I, and it sort of, on one hand, pains me to say it because these bottles are beautiful, but actually we're doing the right thing. And, and you know, it's really the spirit brand's responsibility to be doing this all the time. Um, and, you know, arguably we've exported a, almost nothing of this bottle, tiny amounts um, to a couple of markets. Um, 
but but export will be a key part of what we're doing with the whiskey and with the gin over the next few years. And so we want to make sure that we can stand by the environmental credentials of what we're doing. Um, distilling is not a particularly environmentally friendly thing anyway, unless you're making certain changes, hacks or um, developments to what you're doing, which a lot of distilleries are doing in terms of production. Um, but, you know, glass is one of the most readily recyclable things. So if you can reduce the amount of glass and the weight, then you're improving a lot of steps, both pre-bottling and post-bottling from a consumer point of view in terms of the carbon footprint. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Actually, you know, the uh, April 23rd is Earth Day as well. So you're, yes, you're tying in your new release and your more economically friendly bottle. It's almost like we planned it. Well, yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Last year, we spoke to Nick Neen on Earth Day, didn't we? So actually- we did. Uh, oh, that's an incredible whiskey. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant. Um, turns out my neighbours went to school, one of their, one of their teams. So um, Very yeah. cool. Nice. Whenever yeah. I go around there, I drink Nick Neen, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it's good uh, stuff. But yeah, I think I think it's 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 it shouldn't be something that's applauded that we're doing. It's something that everyone should be doing. Um, you know, from the beginning, our our gin bottles were incredibly lightweight. It's a wine bottle, um, and it's it's very lightweight. Mm. This is about as lightweight as it gets. Um, and you know, that as a commitment to being, we you know, it's a, it's a we, we want we knew that we wanted it to be a kind of a volume play because we, we you know if you're selling a bottle of gin for 21, 22, 23 pounds a bottle. Um, and you're and you're competing for speed poor status in bars and restaurants and pubs. Then it's you've got to, got to be ticking those boxes already. We've just come a little bit later to the party with the whiskey because of the volume that we've been releasing. Yeah, and it also means these bottles are going to be collectible. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a top like this. This top is you being, want one, don't you? I do. Yes. <laughs> it's going it's going on the on the it's been on Nick's bar so well. Because usually we do love a cork. But yeah. we do love a, like the We're good the, screw top, like, uh, like Westland, Westland screw yeah, tops yeah, are good. Yeah, it's yeah, done yeah. really well, and you can yeah. see why they've done it, yeah. and it's just chunky and beautifully done. As is this, good lord. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's very excited right now. Reminds me of Tom Ford. As well. It does remind me of Tom Ford. Yeah, it's just so stylish. Anyway, I'm sure that I can't wait to see the new bottle. Yeah, but. it's a much more traditional bottle shape. It's clear glass, but the label is much less traditional. So we're trying to. Offset the um, traditional element of the shape with a with a very yeah. bold, different labelling. Nice, similar etiquette. to similar to the the rums and the gin kind similar of thing. Similar to our, yeah. You're listening to whiskey and things. These British people talk funny. So you did a crowdfunding campaign in 2018 in order to try and improve yep. your whiskey. Uh, production yes. or in, in, increase your whiskey production. Yeah, yeah. How did that go? What was the, what was the mindset behind that? Um, so we did a crowdfunding in 2018. We also did one last year. And uh, the mindset was um, how can we harness uh, our local um, customers um, to, uh, to kind of get involved and be part of the journey, basically. Um, what blew me away was the amount of our on-trade customers who invested, you know, bar managers, bartenders, oh, bar nice. owners who were like, Alex, we love the booze. I'm putting an X in because I believe in it and I believe in you. And that was, you know, amazing, really. I mean, kind of... Very affirming. Incredible, really. Yeah, you can't really... You never know with these things before no. you launch what actually happens. Um, and so, yeah, in 2018, it was it gave us the um, the opportunity to, to scale the whiskey up significantly. Um, which we're now getting the fruits of. Which right? we're now getting the fruits of, yeah, which is incredible. And I think, you know, the, 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 the age-old, like, sort of tension of how much do you release, how much do you hold back... You know, as a young indie brand, that's that's we're really kind of 
in in our early phase of, of development, you know, you, you kind of think, well, if we're selling out of all our whiskey, why don't we just release a little bit more? But then how much do you hold back? And what do you hold back? And why do you hold it back? And scaling our production up gives us a lot more freedom to hold more back if we need to, but also gives us the opportunity to pitch for um, for bigger listings. And also, as, as we've talked about, with the pack changing, we'll be able to really bring past the economies of scale onto the customers and therefore bring the price down. Um you know, 75 quid for a bottle of whiskey when you're doing a few hundred bottles, to me, makes perfect sense because there are no economies of scale. Yeah. Uh, and and those that understand it, buy it. And those that don't, don't buy it. And that's fine. That is what it is. Um, but if we can, if we can, which we have brought the price down quite significantly, it'll mean that um, the shelf price will be, you know, something like 20 quid less on the shelf. Oh, wow. Uh, which that's, is, that's that a is massive that's difference. A, which is a real game changer. And that's our commitment to saying we are actually passing all the economies on to the customer. And this is an opportunity for us to trouser more margin, but actually to to build the brand. And it's yeah. a much, much, much long, more long-term commitment. And what was the, what was the, the mission statement phrase you used earlier? Uh, good value bo- booze. Uh, yes, decent uh, booze, uh, decent prices for decent people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. that's exactly what you're, you're doing by yeah. passing on the economy as a scout. Yeah. Nice. This is a lovely setup, lovely building you've got here. We're in the tasting room. People can come here and have tours and stuff. Absolutely, right? yeah. So we run tours for the, for the on-trade, for bars and restaurants and pubs from Sunday to Friday. Um, I'm doing one this Sunday for one of our, one of our key customers who it's the only day off. Um, and, um, and then we do customer tours, um, consumer tours, sorry, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. Um, and we tend to have, you know, about hundred people coming through the doors every week who have nice. paid to do a gin or whiskey tour. They start upstairs in the ceiling um, space, seeing the kit, being talked through that, and they come down here and try all the liquid. Um, and it's, again, it's a real open door policy where we want people to experience everything we do. Uh, and then they can you know, get a table in the restaurant, have some rotisserie chicken or have a Negroni and, you know, we hope Absolutely. that no one leaves sober, right? <laughs> well, talking about upstairs, there's a lot of bikes up there. Are you, do you also fix bikes? Is that part of the business as well? <laughs> What's no, the deal? No, we all cycle in, which is good. Thing. Oh, right. um, but we're all too lazy to park them outside also because, you know, we're in East London and yeah. it's not always there when you come back. <laughs> Glad you said it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, but upstairs, yeah, lovely bar upstairs. And we were, we had a little look. The The whiskey selection is very impressive as well. Not just mm. your own stuff, but uh, you've got a wonderful collection up there. Is that something you're passionate about introducing your con- consumers to, or your regulars to new flavours they may not see in other bars as well? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of our, a couple of people came in early doors and said, why have you, only, why have you not got your, only your own product? Why is there other brands? I thought, I thought, well, Actually, I think it probably shows a bit of confidence in what we do that we're showcasing mm. other people's brands, but also it's a neighbourhood cocktail bar. It's our brand home and it's where you yeah. come through tours and tastings, but we also get a lot of locals coming in. I don't know, Thursday nights, first night we're open, there'll be people coming through the door, they'll order a Guinness, they'll order a mm. whiskey chase and they'll sit down and, you know, quietly read a book. And that's also part, that's, you know, that's our, that's our kind of giving back to the local, literally to the locals of saying, we've got a spot for you, which is a neighbourhood cocktail bar. You don't have to drink our products necessarily every day just to come in and have a, have a pint. You know, we've got, local breweries on draft and um so so yeah a good selection of of whiskey is important and also it means that we can talk about what we're doing in the context of a global context you know people talk about english whiskey being a thing that's coming online more and there's lots of noise about that being a more um formal thing in the in the, in the english whiskey scene i think that's really really good and we're part of that movement and very glad to be um but I think there's a bigger piece there, which is New World Whiskey, which is not just based on region and locality and geography, but actually based on a mindset and a way of making whiskey and a way of talking about whiskey, which is kind of breaking down the kind of 
the very old school approach to whiskey, which we're very not very much not part of. Yeah, and that's really that's really exciting because you know I, you know I was at the uh, whiskey festival in Croydon on Saturday and I bumped into one of the founders of Kiru, and uh, we were talking about you know what he's releasing, what he's doing, and Mika was great. He was just talking about it's it's a very fresh new approach to everything they're doing um, because they can because there's no one saying we did it like that. 30 years ago. So you have to do the same way. It's the same with us. Uh, so it's always lovely to catch up and talk to people who are of the same mindset. And that's bigger than English whiskey. That's just a new world whiskey approach. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love scotch and there's some, you know, I've got a lot of scotch at home. I it really enjoy drinking. Um, but I guess it's just about knowing where we sit in that landscape of whiskey producers and what we, what we're adding to the party. Cause if you're not adding something, then. Exactly. Right. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for joining us, oh, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Been great talking to you. And, it's been fantastic. Uh, good Thanks luck with for, the new releases. Thank you. Thank you for Whiskey's coming all the way lovely. down. And, uh, cheers. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Well, that's uh, that was a great interview, mate. I, as I said earlier, I loved being there. Absolutely loved being there. Uh, top guy. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do. Yes, yes, yes. He said he's got some uh, new stuff coming out. Oh, that new rye he's talking about with a new bottle. Um, it's apparently being launched on the 25th of April, which I think is a couple of days ago as this comes out, hopefully. Um, so we haven't seen that bottle yet because we recorded this a couple of weeks in advance, to be honest. But yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Absolutely. And as I said, I can't wait to go back and visit uh, this place. I want to take my parents there. Our East London family roots. Uh, <laughs> I just think they'd love it. I think they'd love being there. The food smelled amazing in the restaurant, didn't it? Oh, when it we did. came out. Oh, don't, don't get me started about the food. Oh, the food smelled amazing. That was oh. special, wasn't it? We're both, they do. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's clever what they've done as well. They've put the shop in the restaurant. So the smell draws you in as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't absolutely. want to leave. No. Right. So we also, we also walked out with uh, a bottle of the London wheat whiskey. Um, yes. Because there wasn't many bottles left. What we were drinking during the show was the single malt. He gave us a sample of the single malt. Yeah. So we got something different. Um, and now we're going to, we're going to briefly do a, a little bit about this and our scoring on this to have something on the chart. Cause obviously we didn't chart we didn't yeah. score the single malt when we did it because we were right there. It would have been rude to do that in front of him. Yeah, um, and we didn't have proper tasting glasses and stuff. You know, oh, we kind of so you know, not not you know, not down to him. We just kind of didn't say we were going to be tasting and stuff. It was it was just uh, you know, it was uh, a bit off the cuff, shall we say? But we very absolutely. much enjoyed the whiskey we had. But uh, now we're going to give it a bit more of a uh, fair whiskey and things treatment. Yes, absolutely. Oh, look at this bottle. That's beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, so we, uh, so yeah, I'm going to open, open one. Yeah. Well, we talked all about the bottle in the interview, so I don't think we need to do that again. We've, we've <laughs> we both don't, but this, big this top is fantastic, everyone. Yeah. Seriously. Go have a look at it. Not so easy to pour from. I nearly spilt some there. <laughs> well, thanks for the heads <laughs> um, up. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it is a bit. Oh, yeah, it does dribble a bit, doesn't it? It's a little bit awkward. Uh, so maybe, I let it maybe, off because it's pretty. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so pretty. But maybe it's a good thing they're changing it. <laughs> Hear that, everyone? That's the sound of the, the top on the glass. Yeah. That just sounds... You know, so what I like about this is the reusability of this bottle. I'm already thinking I could turn it into a lamp or something like that. It's got lamp vibes, it, it, isn't it? It has got serious lamp vibes. You know, like, definitely a cool bottle to keep. But I can um, see why they're changing it, because it's bloody heavy. It is really heavy. <laughs> it's really heavy. It's so well made. This yeah. top is just beautifully machined, but it's so heavy. So I can yeah. see why they're doing it. And I, I I commend them for doing that. So Nick, do you want to talk about what this is then? What we're doing It's just called London Wheat. 
So yeah. what is it? It's a wheat-based whiskey, the mash bill in this. Um, what he said in the interview doesn't add up, but I'm getting the gist of it. It's 35% unmalted wheat, 30% malted wheat, 35% malted barley, and an extra 5% corn, which is 105%. So I'm guessing one of those 35s is probably a 25, but who cares? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's what's in it. Um, roughly, roughly, roughly right. right. Roughly, that's what's in Mate, it. Maybe it's because it's 105% quality. Maybe that's it. Extra 5%. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, you get. Yeah, some, some people put in the extra percentage, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Strength, 47.2. Cask type. It's got all, all kinds of things going on. Virgin French oak, French wine, Sonoma bourbon casks, and Sonoma rye casks. Oh, I love that. That's on the Carry side on of that the bottle. Collaboration. Yeah, that's on the side of the bottle here. The bottles, are, you know, we've talked enough about the bottle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Small batch again. There we go. It's just yeah. wonderful. So this this is 75 quid from the shop. By the way, Nick, there's a, although we went to the bottle shop, they've also got a, uh, a stall in Borough Market. Have they really? Oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, so if anyone's in London Bridge area, perusing Borough Market and you see the East London Liquor Company. Obviously, they don't just do whiskey as well, as we discussed. Yeah, They've got a load of cool yeah. stuff. I was actually in a bar today. I had a pub lunch out in uh, near the Cotswolds and there was an East London Liquor Company vodka behind the bar. I was like, oh, oh amazing. I know that guy. <laughs> I was that. Did you I tell the barman? I know that yeah, guy. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on the today nose, mate. This, do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that French whiskey, Bren. Okay. It's that sweetness. Oh, it's uh, very different, isn't it? It's very yeah, different from... Yeah, it's really different. It's really pleasant on the nose. It's quite perfumey. It's... Yes. Oh, that's a great shout. Yeah. Mm. Very perfumey. Yes. There's almost a hint of lavender in there, isn't there? Oh, it's just very pretty. Oh, mate. Oh. Oh, my. What are those little purple sweets? Palm of Ireland. Yeah, it's got it reminds me it reminds me of that. Oh, that's something special. Oh. That's really good, isn't it? Oh my. We've both our mind. We've our mind already, mate. George Sakai would be a happy man today. Yeah, that's really good, isn't it? That is really good. It's hard to describe. Do you know what? I was really unsure about whether I should have got the single malt when we were in the shop. Yeah. Because I enjoyed that single malt so much. Yes. I'm really glad I got this. Me too. One, there wasn't many left. The single malt they're going to be bringing out all the time, I think. I think the London wheat is going to be a bit more selective. Because yeah. you can't get it at the moment on their, on their website. On their website at the moment, you can only get the uh, East London single malt, the East London blend, and the ELX Sonoma, which is what we talked about in the interview. Right. That collaboration bottle. Um, so yeah, only three on the website at the moment. But again, more stuff coming out. The, the rye should have come out two days ago with the new bottle. So go check that out, everyone. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to... You know, well, what, yeah, when what, what's interesting about that is that they are passing on the reduction in the in the costs to the consumer as well. With that, I can't believe it's coming like twenty pound cheaper. Yeah, or in a world where price of going up for everything, I mean that's amazing because seventy five quid for this. Yeah, I mean I think it's worth it because it's different and I'm really like it and and the quality and all that kind of stuff and the small batch nature of it, all those things that mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about. So I don't think it's too much for this, but that price will put people off. There will be people who won't buy it that, but around 50 quid for a bottle of whiskey from East London Liquor Company, I think that's an incredible steal. Yeah. The best um, liquid. From, from such a small distillery. So, mm. yeah, especially with London rents, mate. Yeah, why do you think I moved? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't move back. <laughs> anyway, I, I lived out of a suitcase for two years, everyone, and didn't get a 
place back in London. I moved up to Manchester. Boring! <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, more about my life story in my memoirs, which will be out soon. Uh, you know, I can't wait, mate. That's what you do when you uh, hit 40, right? You start writing your memoirs. I'm going to have to write most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or you ghost write it. Yeah, you will be my ghost writer. <laughs> I did what? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Mate, the amount of times I know you're going to phone me up, be like, what did I do in Bristol? <laughs> <laughs> well, never you mind what I did in Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Stone with me to the grave. Have I been to Bristol? Yeah, I must have. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have definitely I know, been, to I've been to I've been to Bristol many times. So cool. Should we give this bit of a score in? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, wow. It's done well, isn't it? I mean, uh, both of us is our high score. Uh, I mean, you've, ne- you've nearly gone perfection, Nick. I haven't tasted anything like this. It's our first wheat whiskey, I think, as well. Maybe that's yeah. why, but it's, it hasn't disappointed, the wheat whiskey. Not at all. Uh, so Nick gave it 88.57. I gave it 80. Combined score of 84.29, which, of course, is top of our leaderboard by nearly 6% over single malt of Scotland linked with 11. So, uh, it's yeah. good whiskey, that one too. That was a good whiskey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was just ticking all the boxes for me. It was. It was ticking all the boxes. Absolutely. It was, the, it was all a- the gifting boxes for me. It's like, if I receive that as a gift, you know, that's it's just a nice gift to get. I know they're changing the bottle, but, you know, we're judging this one. I'm sure the next one's going to be great, but I'm judging this one and I'd love to receive that. I've even given it a bonus in the in the mouth because it is like nothing I've tasted ever. Yeah, really enjoying it. So yeah, it's got like full marks in the mouth. It's got full yeah, marks. Oh, and in, everywhere else actually. Oh God. Well, that's what I mean. You've not, yeah, it's not, I think I've only not dropped much room two for points. improvement for you. <laughs> I've, it's only dropped two points for me. Well, there we go. Well done. Oh no, it's not. It's dropped one, two, three. Okay, three, four, right. five. It's right. five, right. five other points it well, could have had, Nick. Room for improvement, uh, East London Liquor Company. <laughs> yes, Alex, sort improve. it out, mate. Sort, sort it, it out. out. Yeah, um, no, it's a great drop. I tell you what, though. I mean, we've talked about this bottle and how it's how it's good, and it, it shouldn't. Uh, what we haven't mentioned today is that this is our Earth Day podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Last year, we spoke to Annabelle from Nickneen yeah. about making sure that the whiskey industry and, and of course Nick Neen is, is one of the leading figures in that, uh, leading the way in creating sustainable sustainability within the whiskey industry. And therefore you've got to applaud Alex. This is this bottle is a selling point. Mm. And they've gone, no, because it's not right. Um and you've got to you've got to commend that. Um so yeah, I I'm all in it, do you know what? If it lost marks, Nick in the bottle, in the next bottle, it will pick them back up again because of the fact they've done it for the right reasons. Yeah, in yeah. my scoring, anyway. Do you know? Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, like, I agree with that. Yeah, and you know, I think there's only a few distilleries, especially in the UK, at the moment. There's only two: Brick Laddie and Nick Neen, who have actually got that status. There's a special status, uh, which basically says you're doing good things in terms of sustainability. And East London Liquor Company are, are going for that status as well. And you, you know, you've got to make these kind of decisions. You've got to make the tough decisions. If you, if we're serious about helping out the planet, you've got to make the tough decisions. And you know, good good for them. Good for yeah. them because you know we love the bottle. But <laughs> I mean, the bottle's here. Uh, it's been done. We can enjoy the bottle. So we, why, not, exactly. why not move on to something else? Exactly. So. And then at the end of the day, it's about the liquid. 
Yeah. And the liquid is damn good. Our, our scores, you only get a few points for the, there's only like two point, points on the bowl. The rest is on the liquid, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and price and stuff like that. But the, most of it is, is, that score is because how good that was to drink and how I now really want another glass. Yeah, me uh, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a good good drop. So the bottle becomes a little bit insignificant at the end of the day. And and as I said, I applaud what they're doing. Um, sure, sure, Nick probably does as well. I do. It fits on the shelves as well, everyone. Oh, it fits well, there on you the go. shelves. Well, we should have should have had a bonus point for that <laughs> you as well. You could fit one on top of the other. It's very, it's kind of <laughs> stumpy. I like it. There we go. But yeah, great job. We had a great time at the distillery. Uh, Alex was lovely. We've yes. got a great souvenir here. Took a couple of great souvenirs. The Sonoma Cherrywood Rye was great as well, but this, this, in my opinion, is a lot better. We should go back just for a drink, Dave. We should go back for a drink. We should go back. Just chill out there, you know? Absolutely. Go back, enjoy the restaurant. I you want know, I'm sure the bikes food. won't be in there you know, <laughs> when we go back. Well, that, but that's the thing. That, that bar, I think we talked about it in the interview, Nick, so if I have, feel free to edit this out. It had a great selection of whiskeys, not, yes, just, not just the, the East London Liquor Company stuff. It was incredible. There was a single barrel Westland which yes. I, I'm desperate to go back just to have one of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there was stuff there you don't normally see. We'll go back to the East End, see your, uh, where your family's from, Dave. Yeah, just down the road. Just down just the road. Down the road, mate. Can you hear the bow bells from there? Yeah. yeah. Or you would be able to, yeah. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> back when that was a thing. That's my, uh, that's my cockney laugh. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Brilliant. Anyway, mate, sting me. <laughs> Oh, we're just wrapping it up here. What's the deal? Yes, yeah. Unless you got any other business, but we I've did got, that last week. Yeah, we've got nothing. Because it's the same day. Yeah, so, same day. you know, that's no. why I put the other, any other business <laughs> in the other episode. There we go. All right. Well, uh, in that case, mate, I've had my share. I've, I want more of my share, to be honest. Yeah. I want to pour another one, but I'm not going to. Not going to, I'm going to, to yeah, save but... my share. Maybe the angels can have some more of their share tonight. No! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cheers. cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.